You're listening to the Fan Garage Sports Podcast with C.P. Thomas. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 0 of TFG Sports Podcast. I'm your host C.P. Thomas and today we begin our journey through the landmark Australia-New Zealand day-night test match, which incidentally also marks the first use of the pink ball. And with me every day will be our special guest down under, Ayaz Memon. Ayaz is a veteran in the world of cricket, having covered more than 250 test matches over 37 years. To put it in perspective, Ayaz has covered more World Cups than Sachin Tendulkar has played in. Hi Ayaz. Hi CP. One more historic moment in your cricketing life? Well, this is something I'm really looking forward to because, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of test matches in the last 35, 37 years. But... Uh, a, a day-night test match with a pink ball, uh, this is a cathartic moment in the history of the game. Because if this does not uh, kind of give a fillip to test cricket, then nothing else can. I think this 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 step was long overdue. I'm happy it's coming. I'm a little unhappy that India is not playing there. Yeah, I was just coming to that. Shouldn't India have been the venue where... We should have had a test match with a day night as well as a ping ball because Australia and England anyway attract the crowds. Well, you know, I, I think India are in the vanguard, so to speak, of uh, cricketing matters, uh, you know, in most things, except when it comes to innovations. I think that's where Australia have been ahead of the curve ever since I can remember. So, for instance, you know, day night cricket, ODI cricket, one day cricket came in Australia uh, when the Packer series was, you know, started. Uh, if you look at Things like, you know, scoring at four, four and a half runs per over, you know, building up the tempo of the game, that's come through the Australian culture. So I think there's something about Australia which help, which enables them to experiment, innovate. And remember one thing, countries like Australia, perhaps England, most certainly New Zealand and all the others, are really struggling for survival far more than India in terms of uh, finance, in terms of money. So perhaps India languishing a little behind, uh, you know, one wishes that they could be a little more proactive, but we'll wait and see. Maybe they'll come. The, the day-night test matches will come to India soon enough. Yeah, but uh, do you think that because we are so much concentrated on IPL and we are happy with the success of IPL, we just think that test matches need not be bothered about? No, I I, I don't think IPL is the you know is the kind of problem boy for a problem child for everything mm-hmm. that happens IPL is only 8 or 9 seasons old you know I, you know ODI cricket also it started in England it got kind of heft and acceptability in Australia mm-hmm. and India went and ran amok when it happened T20 started in England mm-hmm. went to Australia India was the last of the cricket boards to agree to play the World T- T20 Championship in 2007. Yeah. And the minute they won the inaugural tournament, then India has taken the baton and run ahead of everybody else, started the IPL. So who knows, with day-night test matches, if it clicks in Australia, you'll find a heck of a lot of action happening in India after that. Yeah, let's get back to the Australia match. Uh, with so much opposition having been there to both day-night and then, of course, the ping ball, uh, how how do you see it panning out? I think the opposition is more because of apprehension. I mean, there are some very strong and, uh, you know, influential voices like Kevin Peterson, who who, who believes that, uh, uh, you know, day-night test matches, you know, this is breaking the tradition and the culture of the game. But there are other people, like Greg Chappell, former Australian captain, who believes that if you don't do it now, 
day night test matches then test matches might die in any case so there is something that needs to be done i think by and large the australians as i mentioned earlier they are far more forward looking they are more progressive uh, they are more prone or accepting of invention innovation uh, they are happy some of them i think the apprehension comes from current players is mainly from the bowlers you know okay. the the uh, how will the shine be what they found in the warm up match at canberra mm-hmm. between uh, new zealand and australia uh, that once the ball gets dirtied or muddied mm-hmm. then shining it is a problem so the the complaint was from bowlers that the pink ball also pink pink ball started to become grey okay and therefore it never it didn't remain pink anymore but, but the i think the ball manufacturers have come back saying that the pitch itself was a very abrasive one and it's not the kind of pitch which will be there in adelaide which will probably suit the pink ball better yeah but i mean see look so the the ball manufacturers also need to be aware that test matches are not only going to be played at adelaide the next test match day night might be in eden gardens who knows so the pitch there will be and the outfield will be very different so the consistency of the pink ball has still to be tested there are some imponderables obviously as this match you know as it unfolds we'll come to know more of it uh how is it, how easy is it for the batsman to spot it how easy is it for for instance for fielders to take skyers yeah. can you spot the ball easily or not these are things that really there are no immediate answers but i think what's clear is that something dramatic needed to be done and that's being done now uh so do you think the pink ball is the closest that comes to a red ball but cricketers have already been used to a white ball so why should there have been so much apprehension about so that's interesting i think what you know they've tried to kind of straddle tradition as well as modernization so to speak so in test cricket you have the red ball you have white clothing in day night test matches you still have the white clothes it's not yeah. colored clothing which yeah. is identified with t20 and with odis mm. so you'll have the players in white clothes but not with the red ball because the red ball is very difficult to spot under lights mm. so therefore and it can't be a white ball because that's being used in t20 and in odis so they've come to this compromise so to speak on a pink ball which is neither white nor red and uh, you know it's a bit of a problem now for players to completely accept it or identify uh, identify with it but i think look anything new when it comes up there is a whole bunch or a body of thought which says this can't work it happened with odi cricket as you might remember yeah. in fact it was called pajama cricket yeah. and they said this is rubbish when t20 came and i can tell you on you know as a, without naming names that some of the senior most indian players in 2007 i was there on the england tour said this is mickey mouse cricket ye kon khelega and see where t20 has gone so and, and in fact they dropped out of the team and probably that's why we won it <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean you know in fact the indian cricket administration then found it difficult to put a team together dhoni became captain his life changed yeah. the history of the game changed not just history of indian cricket and uh, coming back to the day night uh, will the conditions favor the batsman or the bowler the night part of the uh, again very difficult i think uh, look all the players are used to playing day night cricket mm-hmm. maybe not day night test cricket which is over 5 yeah. days Uh, and the tempo and the rhythm and the tenor of the game is very different from ODIs so it's not that they are not used to lights but how are they going to cope with a pink ball under lights is the issue uh, how the pitch 
behaves yeah. over five days is going to be the issue. The weather in Adelaide at this point, at the, you know, this is summer, summertime in Australia. Uh, so it it generally can get very hot. But if you're fielding in the night, it can actually get cool. You know, it can get very cool. Temperatures can go down to about 13, 14 degrees centigrade. So it actually gets cold from, from an Indian point of view. So these are things, factors which will have to come into play when captains decide whether to field first, bowl first, apart from the, you know, the nature of the pitch. Uh, I know there's no comparison, but what's your favorite match at Adelaide, uh, if you remember? Oh, at Adelaide, uh, you know, the first match I saw there is something that I remember very well, which was 1991-92. Mm-hmm. India went there. Uh, we lost the match narrowly. We came very close to winning it because that was the only pitch in Australia which was not fast and fiery and bouncy. Oh. We lost, uh, you know, uh, otherwise everywhere. So... In Adelaide also, we lost. I think Azharuddin making a very good hundred. He was out of form. So Adelaide is a is a match where uh, is a pitch where I've seen India play reasonably well, not win. The second time I was I was there in 2012, and Virat Kohli made a hundred. And the first time it was the first century Test century overseas on overseas soil, and that's when you know everybody started saying you know this guy is not just a one day player. But he's also got the the quality temperament, to play and, yeah. and the temperament mm. to play Test cricket. So, yeah, some some very good. And of course, there's the Bradman Museum. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be visiting that again and again. Every time I've gone there, I visited it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, I mean, that's almost like a pilgrimage for cricket lovers, isn't it? You know, Bradman Museum and 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 one thing which I like, CP, about the way, uh, you know, sport is kind of. Uh, the the gospel of sport is disseminated in 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 countries like England and cricket. Is there's so much attached? There's so much history. Mm. There's so much folklore that is built around it. Uh, it's not just you know statistics. It's not just hundred runs and fifty runs and five wickets and ten wickets which you can find everywhere. So this Bradman Museum has got some uh, you know recordings of his conversations that he's had. Uh, a, a snapshot of a match that he's played there, old reel, mm-hmm. which they've and they've made a museum out of it. The bats he used, the the gloves he used, and stuff like that, which really makes it memorable. And I sometimes wonder why in India we still don't have a single museum anywhere in India. It's a big country. It's a cricket crazy country. It's the richest cricketing country in the world, but we don't have it. Uh, we, we look forward to something from the Bradman Museum also for our listeners. Yes, I'll try and pick up some memorabilia from there. I can't, unfortunately, bring Bradman back with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned my highlights at Adelaide. So uh-huh. I must I must tell you that on the 1991-92 tour, I also bumped into Bradman, wow. Don Bradman. He was alive then, Sir Donald, mm-hmm. and he came to see the Indian team. And you know there was a flutter across the ground when he came in because somehow everybody at Adelaide got to know uh-huh. that. So Donald Bradman had come to watch the match and sitting in the press box, this was a moment not to miss. So, you know, not just me, I think the entire press box vacated, at least the Indian contingent and ran towards, he used to sit in the committee box. Okay. And uh, not that we got to meet him or shake his hand, but mm-hmm. when he came out, he just kind of waved at all of us. He, he was told that all the Indian journalists want to meet you. Mm-hmm. But he said, um, you know, his wife was unwell in those days. So he said, I have to go back home early. He'd just come for maybe a couple of hours. But just to see him and flesh and blood was you know was, was an unforgettable moment is there someone you would like to bump into this time you know uh, i wish mitchell johnson was playing he's just retired this is a match that he's not going to play because i think he's been while 
everybody is agreed that perhaps Dale Staines is the best fast bowler that we've had in the past decade. But the most fearsome fast bowler has been Mitchell Johnson, especially in Australian conditions. So I would have loved, loved to meet him. I hope he's there. I mean, I'm, he, I'm sure he'll come for if the he's, match. If he's there, it's great. Uh, you know, but he's a Perth boy. He's from Western Australia. So he may have gone home. But if he's there, then he's really worth somebody speaking to. Remember, he's also had a couple of seasons, or maybe four, five seasons in in, in, the, in the Indian, the IPL in India, playing for Mumbai Indians, playing for Punjab. So he has a lot of things to share about not just Australian cricket, yeah. but also also Indian cricket. And then, of course, I am certainly going to meet Ian Chappell. He's one of my all-time favorites uh, as as a as a commentator, as a player. Of course, uh, he was uh, terrific, but as a commentator and very. Forthright, very blunt, very you know, not pulling, point, not yeah. pulling yeah, his yeah. punches at all. Especially about India, especially even about Australia. Okay. So you know, he doesn't, which is why sometimes he's not the most liked person even in Australia. But you know, you can change everything on the, on this planet, but you can't change Ian Chapel. Coming back to Johnson, do you think he should have played this match before retiring? It's very difficult to say. I mean, you know, when should a player retire is something so complex that uh, you know, sitting from the out uh, from the outside, you say he should have played one test more. What you know, you've all, no, no, th- this being a very historic landmark kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but it also shows the end. Of, you know how how far he had reached mentally. In you know, perhaps he struggled through the first two tests. Uh, you know, he's been talking about retiring or giving up even before this series started. I think. Uh, a little pressure from the selectors, perhaps his own mind not made up, and most certainly the poor form he had, he had yeah. convinced him that this is the time to go. Okay, so we look forward to a lot of stuff from down on the Ayaz. I hope you uh, have a great time there. I'm going to have a blast, and hopefully we'll have some great sessions when we when we talk and discuss what's happening down under. Definitely. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, CP. Thanks, bye. Subscribe to TFG Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at The Fan Garage or Facebook.com slash The Fan Garage.